to today in sports betting for Friday, July 15th. I'm your host, Doug Reed. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't checked this out already, head to sportsethos.com. You can get a lot of free articles each day, a list of all of our podcasts, which go across various sports from wagering to fantasy and beyond. Growing like crazy here at Sports Ethos. Uh, we're expanding quickly into fantasy football and fantasy baseball and DFS for both of those to go with all of our wagering talk. If you haven't already, check out our MLB Today podcast with Joe Arrico. He's on Twitter at JoeRRICO99. And if you're into fantasy football or even wagering, because uh, right now JP Sticko is breaking down the NFL divisions and win totals. So check his podcast out at Fantasy Football Today. It's uh, and on. Twitter, he's at JP Sticko, J P S T I C C O, doing a great job uh, with a lot of fantasy football information, but also some wagering information as he's breaking down the win totals. So today in the baseball, um, big 15 game slate, but one game has already been postponed. Uh, the Mets uh, are at Chicago and the Cubs, that won't be played, so down to 14 games. And we're going to break them all down. A few sides, but uh, some props as well, which kind of seems to be the theme this week. So let's get right at it. In first game of the night, we have Philadelphia in Miami to face the Marlins. You get Kyle Gibson, the righty, on the bump for the Phils, and ace Sandy Alcantara in his quest to win the NL Cy Young on the hill for the, for the Fish. You can get the Braves at minus 170, favored on, or sorry, wrong game. You can get the Phillies at plus 155 as the underdog, the home Marlins minus 175. Total here is seven, so a pitcher's duel is expected. You can get the Marlins at plus 130 in the run line. Can't touch that. Uh, if anything, what I'm looking at, and I think I'm going to be on this, is an Alcantara under six and a half strikeouts prop. He's been doing really well. Um, not a huge strikeout pitcher, but gets a fair number. But he goes deep into games, which is kind of his um, his MO. So right now you have him at 130 in the third innings this year, 1.73 ERA, 0.91 whip, 31 walks, and 111 Ks. On the flip side, you get Gibson at 91 to third innings, 4.53 ERA, 25 walks, 75 strikeouts, and a 1.23 whip. But when you break down, when you look a little deeper into Alcantara's games, uh, recently he's come in with against the, against the Mets, Seven innings, four strikeouts. Against the Angels, eight innings, ten strikeouts. But the Angels are striking out. I think they're the number one team in strikeouts per game. So that's not unexpected. Against St. Louis, nine innings, just three strikeouts. Against the Mets, seven innings, four strikeouts. Against the Mets at New York, eight innings, eight strikeouts. Prior to that, against these Phillies, seven and two-thirds, five strikeouts. He's pitched against the Phillies twice this year. Seven and two-thirds and five strikeouts, as I said. And then early in the year, April 14th. Six in the third and five strikeouts. So I could see him going deep. Uh, I could see him going seven, eight innings again. But at the five and or six and a half Ks, I like the under. It's at minus 120, so a reasonable price. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be on that Sandy Alcantara under six and a half Ks prop. Phillies are a little above average in strikeouts per game. I think they're about 13th or 14th in Major League Baseball, but nothing too crazy. I'm also looking at the first five under. Game total of three and a half. Uh, you get that around minus 125 is the best price I could see. I think Alcantara will hold the Phillies at bay and that Marlins have not been hitting well. Uh, so Gibson could hold them down for a few innings as well. So considering that, under three and a half in the first five, we're going to wait on that for a little while. Next game is in Washington. 
And if you've been listening to my show, I've been on the fade Patrick Corbin train all year and probably still on it tonight. Gideon Anderson, the righty on the hill for Atlanta. You can get them at minus 170. And the lefty Patrick Corbin on the hill at plus 150. Total here, nine and a half. You can get the Road Braves at minus 105 on the run line. And what I'm looking at is Atlanta first five total of over two and a half. I got that at about minus 120. I think they get to Corbin. He's pitched a little better lately. His numbers, 94 and two-thirds, 5.7 ERA, 1.67 whip. Terrible numbers. 33 walks, 83 strikeouts. On the other side, you have Anderson, 86 and two-thirds, 4.98 ERA, 42 walks, 74 strikeouts, and 1.15 whip. So these guys are going to give up some base runners um, for sure, both of them. Uh, I, I just think the bat, the bats of the Braves are obviously so much stronger. Just trying to pull up some of Corbin's numbers recently, and he's pitched it. Everybody's saying he's coming around a little, but frankly, I don't think he is. His last game against Atlanta, which was last week, six innings, eight hits, four in runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Prior to that, against Miami, who's not hitting anyone, seven innings, eight hits, one earned run. Prior to that, against Pittsburgh, eight hits, five hits, um, one earned run. Then against Baltimore, four. Four innings, three earned runs. Against Phillies, the Phillies, three and a third, eight hits, nine earned runs. Against Milwaukee, six innings, seven hits, four earned runs. The fact is, Corbin's a two-pitch pitcher, and fastball and slider, and his slider just throws in the dirt. Uh, so there's only, if you watch him, if you study his numbers, he's a two-pitch pitcher, and if you can stay off his slider, which he often just throws in the dirt or outside the zone, and wait on the fastball, you're going to have success. I watched this game against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago when he went eight innings, five hits, one earned run, two walks, 12 strikeouts, and they were just up there flailing, a young team just flailing and everything. Uh, the next game against Miami, a bit of the same. I think you're going to see, and then he goes against the Braves, much only four strikeouts in six innings, but he did give up eight hits, two walks, four and runs. Yes, the Braves strike out. Yes, they might strike out a few times, but you've got a lot better lineup going against him. Freddie Freeman is not playing. He's a lefty, but he's not playing from what I can see. Just a lot stronger lineup going against them, and a lot smarter veteran lineup. They're going to they're they're going to sit on that fastball, and I can see them getting some runs. So I'm on the first five total over two and a half. I'm also on the Corbin hits allowed over five and a half. I got that at minus one eighteen. And again, if you just run through his recent games, eight hits, eight hits, five hits, seven hits, eight hits, eight hits, seven hits. His pitches. So they're letting him go in the game though. 102 pitches, 97, 113, 83, 83, 103, 91. I said before, they're paying this guy big money. They're not in win mode now. Someone's got to take the ball every fifth day. So they're just letting him go out there and get thumped. So I see the Braves, good veteran lineup, uh, staying off that slider, putting that fastball in play and getting hits. So I'm on the Corbin hits allowed over five and a half. I got that a minus 118 at FanDuel. Good day, quick break. Uh, but when we get back, we're going to run through the rest of this very exciting board. Be back in a second. All right, the next game is one of the best rivalries in baseball starting up in New York tonight. We get the Red Sox in town to face the Yankees. For the Red Sox, you get righty Nady Evaldi on the mound, and Jordan Montgomery, the lefty, is on the hill for the Yankees. Evaldi and the Red Sox come in at plus 145. You can get the home Yankees minus 165. Total here is eight. You get the Yankees in the run line at plus 125. Evaldi is back from missing a couple weeks with an injury. Comes in 68 in the third innings, 3.16 ERA, 1.1 whip, 10 walks, 72 strikeouts. Having a very good season. Slowed down a little before his injury, but I think that was obviously injury-related. Montgomery, 96 innings, 3.19 ERA, 1.03 whip, 18 walks, 76 strikeouts. He started very hot, and he has come back down to earth. Surprised his numbers as large as it is. I think there's some value here, plus 145 in the Red Sox. Uh, to me, though, the games, it's not a coin flip. The Yankees are a much better team, but I'm not really sure which way to go on anything uh, regarding the side, regarding the number. 
So I'm not going to touch this. Just stay away from me. Next game has the Omaha Royal, I mean the Kansas City Royals, pardon me, playing in Toronto against the Blue Jays. And just trying to pull up the game here. You get on the hill for the Jays, their ace this year, Alec Manoa, and veteran righty Zach Grinke on the bump for Kansas City. Much like yesterday, because the Royals have 10 guys on the restricted list because they can't play baseball in Canada because of the COVID restrictions. So they are fielding a number of rookies up from Omaha. They are plus 275. I think they were about that number yesterday and pulled out the victory. So if you had a bet on them, you made a lot of money. Uh, The Jays come in minus 350. That's even steeper than yesterday. Total here is eight and minus 155 on the run line for the Jays. If anything, I would lean to the under. I think Manoa comes out. He can hold the the Royals at bay. Granky's not going to be long for the game, but a veteran, maybe he goes four or five innings. And if he can keep the, the Jays in check, I could see the game total going under eight. Granky comes in pitching better lately, but 72 and two-thirds, 4.52 ERA, 128 walks, 100, sorry, 1.28 whip, just 14 walks, but only 39 strikeouts. Manoa set 107 and two-thirds innings, 2.34 ERA, 0.98 whip, 25 walks and 97 strikeouts, having a great year. Um, I like the Jays, not at either of those prices. So I'm looking at the under. It is at plus 100, which is a good price. I think, obviously, uh, they're expecting runs to be scored. I just don't think that lineup, even though they won yesterday, I think they scored three runs against the Jays. I think the Jays can get the Grinky, put a few runs up, and Manoa holds down the roll. So I'd look to the under eight, especially at a plus 100. It's a nice price. Next game is in Tampa, where the O's are in town, an AL East battle. You get Tyler Wells as the righty on the hill for Baltimore. Luis Pino, the young righty, on the bump. For Tampa, the Red Hot Orioles, and what are they at? 11 game win streak now, I think. Plus 105 uh, as the underdogs. The home Rays minus 125. Total here is seven and a half, and you can get the Rays at plus 170 on the run line. Wells comes in 79 two thirds innings, 3.28 ERA, a very nice 1.05 WHIP, 19 walks and 53 strikeouts. So he's pitching to contact, but doing it well. Patino has uh, only pitched two thirds of the innings this year, but he is a good prospect. And I don't think typical Rays fashion, he's not long. I'd be surprised if he goes more than once through the order. So maybe gets into the third inning uh, at most. And then they get to their very strong bullpen. Hard to handicap this game because the Orioles have been playing so well. uh, But Tampa at home and their bullpen is always a juggernaut. So stay away from me. I don't think there's a lot of value at plus 105 on the Orioles, uh, although they have been playing well. I'm not going to touch the Rays uh, at minus 125 or that run line. Maybe an over 7.5, but I don't really like to raise bats to score a lot of runs. It's at plus 105, so you get a decent plus price, but maybe an over of 7.05. Next game, we have Detroit continuing their series in Cleveland, and you get veteran righty Drew Hutchison on the hill and Zach Plesak, the righty for the Guardians on the hill. You can get the road Tigers plus 165, the home Guardians minus 185. Total here is 8.5, juice to the under minus 115. And the Guardians at plus 115 on the run line. I like the Guardians. I like them a fair bit. Hutchinson's done all right. 35 in the third innings, 4.08 ERA, 1.36 whip. Too many walks, 17 walks, so almost um, a walk, half a walk in inning. And not enough strikeouts, 22 strikeouts. And Plesak comes in, 90 in the third innings, 3.99 ERA, 1.25 whip, 23 walks, and 65 strikeouts. So both guys pitching to contact. I like Cleveland. I like their bats. I like Plesak a little better. Uh, but not a minus 185, and I'm not really sure I can back them. Uh, plus 115 run line is a decent price, but not a great price, so probably a steady away from me. If anything, I might look to the under 805. It is juiced 
to minus 115. But the Tigers' bats have just been so cold. Uh, I don't see them getting a lot of runs uh, in this game. I am looking at Hutchison under 2.5K strikeout prop. And I know that's crazy low, and I would really um, take a prop that low. But when you look at his numbers, so this guy's been a journeyman, bounced around for a number of years. But in this season, uh, he's faced Cleveland once, five innings, no uh, two strikeouts. In his starts so far this year, he's had four starts. Five innings, sorry, six innings against the White Sox, three strikeouts. Five innings against these Guardians, two strikeouts. Four and two-thirds against Texas, one strikeout. And four innings against the White Sox, one strikeout. Now, they are letting him get into the mid to high 80s pitch counts. They're letting him get a little higher. But he's basically, strikeout total has gone three, two, one, and one. So I'm looking maybe under two and a half Ks. I see it at minus 110. Uh, Cleveland's number 19 in strikeouts, the 19th best team in strikeouts. They don't strike out a ton, but about 8.33 for nine innings, and on the road, 8.13. So looking, going to consider that one. Hutchison under two and a half Ks. Indians don't strike, guard, sorry, Guardians don't strike out a lot, and Hutchison probably isn't too long for this game if Cleveland can get to him, which I think they can. If he goes maybe five innings, I think that's a reasonable expectation that he could cash, he could cash that under prop. We move on to another a, an a, uh, no sorry we move out west to Texas where the AL West battle between the Mariners and the Rays and you get Robbie Ray on the hill who seems to have turned things around the veteran lefty for Seattle and Matt Bush the righty for Texas Seattle comes in at minus one sixty favorites the home Rangers plus one forty total here is eight juice to the under minus one twenty. And you can get the M's on the run line at plus 110. They are very hot as well and doing well. Ray is 110 to third innings, 3.51 ERA, 1.11 whip, 38 walks, and a very sparkling 123 strikeouts. Matt Bush, 29 two-thirds, 3.64 ERA, 1.15 whip, 9 walks and 40 strikeouts. So he's striking out some guys too. Uh, in this game, I looked at the Seattle money line at minus 160. I'm not sure I can get there. Uh, so maybe on the run line at plus 110. Ray's just been pitching so well lately. When I look at his recent game log, he started he started the season off slow after signing that big contract uh, after winning Cy Young in Toronto, and he seems to have righted the ship though. So in his last number of games uh, against those Jays, six innings, just gave up one earned run, six strikeouts against Oakland, six and two thirds, one earned run, twelve strikeouts against Baltimore, seven innings, no earned runs, eight strikeouts against Oakland, six innings, one earned run. Six strikeouts against the Angels, seven innings, one and run, ten strikeouts against Boston, seven innings, no and runs, four strikeouts. Uh, so he's done well. Not the greatest competition, but he did well against Boston. Uh, the Orioles, who are hot at the end of June, he did well against them, and he shut the Jays down. So I can see him shutting Texas down, which is why I'm looking at their money line. If I can get it, if I could get 140, 145, I'd be on it, but 160 is a little steep. So probably pivot to the run line, getting some plus money there, Seattle around plus 110. Next game is an interesting one, for me at least. And we have the White Sox. Where are we here? Yes, the White Sox in Minnesota to face the Twins. Just trying to pull up the pitching matchups here. You get righty Michael Kopech on the hill for the Sox and lefty Devin Smeltzer on the hill for Minnesota. Sox come in plus 120. Underdogs, the Twins are at home, minus 140 favorites. Total here is nine, so some runs expected to be scored. And you can get the Twins at... One plus 145 on the run line. And for me, though, I'm actually on the Sox money line at plus 120. 
I think if you listen to the show before, you've heard this. Uh, as bad as the Sox have been this year, they are very good against left-handed pitching. Right now, versus lefties, they're hitting 288, which is the best in, the, in baseball. Their on-base percentage is 345, second best, and they're slugging 459, number one again. So I think they can get the smelter. He's had a decent year, 59 two-thirds innings, 3.92 ERA, 1.16 whip, 15 walks, 36 strikeouts. So pitching to contact, not getting a lot of strikeouts. Kopech, on the other hand, is interesting. He comes in with a two and sec, two and six record, but his numbers, he should have a lot better record. 78 innings, 3.35 ERA, 1.4, sorry, 1.14 whip, 38 walks and 72 strikeouts. So he's been pitching well. He's just not getting uh, the run support, which is kind of the whole story behind the White Sox this year. But I think going against the lefty Smeltzer, they have they, uh, they stand a chance to put up some runs and potentially back him. And at such a nice price of plus 120, I'm happy to jump on that. Might watch that close to game time. If it gets even better, I will be on that. But I'm definitely looking towards the White Sox money line at plus 120. Next game, we have the Astros, and they are hosting the – Oakland A's. Lefty Cole Irvin is on the hill for Oakland, and righty Jake Odorizzi on bump once again for Houston. The, these guys have played a lot lately. I think he's faced them like three times this year. Anyways, Oakland comes in plus 175. Underdog, you can get the home Astros minus 210. Total here at 8, juice to the under minus 115. And you get the Strohs at plus 105 on the run line, which is the number I like. I like them to win. I like them to win fairly easy, and I just can't back it. Minus 210. Um, run line. So I'm going to sort of money line. So I'm going to probably look to the run line. When I look at this, just pulling up these numbers, yeah, Odorizzi this year, he's just faced Oakland once, although that was in his last turn through the rotation. Seven innings, four hits, no earned runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. Uh, Irvin has faced Houston twice this year. Six innings, five hits, two earned runs, no walks, two strikeouts. Five and two-thirds, six hits, one and run, two walks, two strikeouts. So he's done fairly well. Um, but, I th- but I just straight up, I think um, pitching matchup is probably fairly even, slight lean to Odorizzi, and the bats obviously aren't even close. And as you know, Oakland can score one or two runs a game with the best of them. So I'm on the Astros. I would look to maybe even the under. I think Urquidy, or not Urquidy, sorry, Odorizzi can hold Oakland at bay and limit them to one or two runs. And the under of eight, juiced 115, I might consider that. But I think I'm going to be on the run line for Houston at plus 105. Next game of the night sees the Reds in St. Louis to take on the cards. You've got two young Reds on the bump, Hunter Green for the Reds and Andre Pallante for St. Louis. The Reds come in plus 130. The home cards at minus 150. Total here, eight and a half. You can get the run line for the cards at plus 130. Not in this game. Hunter Green has been fantastic this year, but not so good. Not not fantastic. Exciting to watch. He's shown uh, signs of brilliance. I think this this kid's going to be long for uh, Major League Baseball. He's going to be here a while, but he's been inconsistent. 3-10 and 10 record, 85 and one-third innings pitch, 1.34 whip, 5.7 ERA, 37 strikeout, 37 walks to 107 strikeouts. Palante, 65 innings, 3.18. ERA, 1.43 whip, 23 walks, 42 strikeouts. So you've got one guy who's walking too many and missing bats. One guy's walking too many and um, pitching to contact. So it should be an interesting game. It's probably why the total's at 100, uh, at 8.5, just to be over at minus 115. 
Uh, that's just a lot of runs. Like, and with, with Green, he can go out and shut the team down for six, seven innings. He can also go out and give up five or six runs in the first five innings. So not really sure which angle to take here. So this game is a stay away from me. Next game, we head out to the mountains in Colorado. We've got Pittsburgh in town and the lefty Jose Quintana on the hill. And Herman Marquez on the bump for Colorado. You can get Pittsburgh at plus 130 on the money line. And the home Rockies at minus 150. Total here is 11. Juice to the over at minus 115. You can get the Rockies on the run line at um, plus 130. That's the number I'm actually looking at. And the reason being is Colorado... I was on this earlier in the week against San Diego and Shawmanea, and Shawmanea completely shut them down. But Quintana's been doing well this year, but he's no Shawmanea. Quintana's got 85 and a third innings, 3.59 area, 1.31 whip, 27 walks, 78 strikeouts. Marquez comes in 97 innings, 5.66 ERA, 1.47 whip, 37 walks, 81 strikeouts. Quintana's had some good starts this year for sure, but in Colorado against the lefty is not a good formula. So, Colorado in general versus lefties, hitting 287, number two in the majors. On base percentage, 348, best in the majors. Slugging, 444, fifth best in the majors. Then at home, in general, at home against anybody, they're, 28, they're batting average, 283, number one in the majors. Uh, on base, 349, number one in the majors. And slugging, 460, tied with the Blue Jays for number one in the majors. So, they hit well at home, obviously, and they hit lefties very well in general. So I'm going to be on the Rockies uh, run line. I think there's a lot of runs to be scored, so maybe a bigger spread there at plus 130. I'm also looking at C.J. Crone total bases over one and a half. He has been an absolute uh, machine at home this year. I can just pull up his numbers. At home this year, in what do we have, 47 games, 200 plate appearances. He's hitting 352, 11 doubles, one triple, 15 homers. On base, 392, slugging 670. He's doing a fantastic job. He's on. He's playing today, a righty, going against Quintana, the lefty. So I'm going to go over his uh, one-and-a-half total bases prop. It's at minus 115. And there's also an interesting prop. I don't usually play these, but I figure it's a fun a fun one to have some action here. The total bases matchup. So you have Jake Marisnek, who I have listed as the ninth hitter. He's probably going to hit higher in the order. Um but for, for some reason, when I looked, they had him batting, suggested batting at the um, at the bottom of the order versus Crone, who's hitting number four. So the matchup prop is total bases, Marisnek versus Crone, and I get Crone at minus 105. So I think he's going to get on, get get a, you know, if you can get a sing, couple singles or a double, home run uh, versus Marisnek, who is a righty going against Marquez, who's a righty. So I'm happy to take Crone there at minus 105, a little fun prop. Uh, comparison um, matchup play. Next game tonight, second last game. We are in San Diego, and the D-backs are in town for an NL West battle. We have veteran lefty Madison Bumgartner on the hill, and veteran ready Hugh Darvish uh, on the bump for the Padres. Five, six years ago, this would have been the pitch, pitching matchup of the night. Now I'm not sure Bumgartner can hold up that end of the bargain anymore. The D-backs plus one sixty-five. On the money line, the home pods at minus 185. Total here is 7.5, juice to the under at minus 120. And you get the Padres at plus 115 on the run line. Bumgarner comes in a season 91 and a third innings, 3.65 ERA, 1.35 whip, 29 walks, and 66 strikeouts. So not mowing guys down the way he used to. 
Darvish, 101 in a third innings, 3.38 ERA, 0.99 whip, 20 walks, 91 strikeouts. Having a kind of typical Darvish year. A good year. A few blunders here and there. A good year. I like the Padres. I just don't like them at minus 185. That's a tough one to stomach. And even on the run line at plus 115, that's a little hard to get to. What I do like, though, or I'm looking at, I'm not sure I'm there yet, but I'm uh, um, looking at, is a prop on Bumgartner total outs under 16 and a half. So he's going deep, not deep in games, but he's going over 100 pitches in each of his last, well, five of his last seven starts, 85 and one, 91 and the other. So they're letting him get to the 100 pitch mark. But his last number of starts, he's went, so 16 and a half would be, he has to get over five and two thirds. And I'm looking to the under, so five and a third, basically. Seven innings against Colorado, uh, Lap, prior to that, five innings against San Fran, five innings against these Padres, four hits, one and run, three walks, four strikeouts, four innings before that at San Diego, nine hits, six runs, four and no walks, five strikeouts, six innings against Minnesota, five innings against Philly, five innings against Cincinnati. So he hasn't got, he's gotten over that two of the last seven games he's pitched. And I just think San Diego has the ability to get to him. He's walking a few too many guys. He's not striking guys. So yeah, they're letting him go deep into the pitch count. Uh, but he's pitching more to contact than he ever has. And I think San Diego has the ability to put up some runs or at least get to him a little. And I could see him not lasting more than five and a third. So I'm looking on the under 16 and a half Madison Baumgartner outs. And that is at minus 105, the number I saw. Final game of the night is in San Francisco. And we've got the Brewers by Brandon Woodruff. And you can get them at minus 130 as the favorites. And the home Giants with Alex Wood, they're lefty on the hill at plus 110. Total here is seven. And you can get the Brewers at plus 140 on the run line. But I think I like the, I, I, I like the Milwaukee money line, plus 130, maybe a little too steep for me. Going to see if that comes down to 125 or so before the game. Uh, Woodruff's come back a couple outings since he was injured, doing well. And Alex Wood has been fairly inconsistent all year. Wood. Woodruff comes in 16 two-thirds innings, 4.01 ERA, 16 walks, 80 strikeouts, 1.14 whip. Again, though, he had some really bad outings to start this year, so those numbers are definitely skewed towards the start of the year in a negative way. Wood, on the other hand, 85 in a third innings, 4.43 ERA, 1.27 whip, 12 walks, 87 strikeouts. He's had kind of an up-and-down year, and the Giants' bats are not uh, helping anybody lately. So if anything, I lean to Milwaukee. I lean them to get the win. Uh, Wood did pitch well against the Padres last time out. Seven innings, three hits, no earned runs, a walk, and eight strikeouts. Uh, but he hasn't been going in deep, in, very deep in games. And he's been going five, five and a third most of the games. And then he gets to the bullpen, which has not been as strong as it was last year. His pitch totals, they're letting him, if he's doing well, get into maybe 90, high 80s, 90. Woodruff's last two outings since he came back. Uh, sorry, last three outings since he came back. His pitch total 76, 94, 92. So they're letting him get deeper into games. Six innings, six innings, five innings. Gave up uh, six innings, three in runs to the Pirates. Six innings, no one runs against the Pirates. Five innings, one in run against Tampa. Teams do, and, and in those games, had strikeouts of 9, 8, and 10. So seems to be figuring things out. Going deeper into pitch counts because he gets a lot of strikeouts. Um, I just like, the, I just like the, the Brewers here. Their bats aren't super hot, but neither are the Giants, and I think Woodruff is a better pitcher than a Wood. So at minus 130, maybe a little steep. Uh, if I can get that a little cheaper, I'd be on that for sure. So that's the 14-game wrap for tonight. 
Hope you found some signs and totals. Certainly a few props have been thrown in there. Uh, but before I go, if you haven't already, check out our partners at Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HOOPBALL20. That's HOOPBALL20 at the time of checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping. And like I said earlier, uh, if you haven't gone to our Sports Ethos website yet, check out sportsethos.com. Go there, a lot of information, free information, list of all our podcasts, articles posted quite often, and you can see some of our packages. I'm part of the wagering pass, the wager pass group. And for that, you can get that for 15 bucks a month. You get all my handicapping, all our other guys in the baseball division, or the, the wagering division, but baseball. We've got some uh, AFL, Aussie Rules football in there. We've got regular tennis, and that's just going through the summer. Once the fall hits, we're going to ramp up in college football, NFL. Uh, it's props, fantasy advice, and then obviously basketball and hockey when that gets going again in the fall. So check out sportsethos.com. A lot of information there, a lot of worthwhile information and very reasonable price packages. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you found some plays, some signs, some totals, some props, and hope you can make some money and we'll catch you soon. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.